Hey everybody, welcome to F1 or F Off, your audio pit stop for F1 news and race reviews. I'm your host, Gabe. Madris, hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> you know, I don't even watch Drag Race as much as you do, but it's like the, the sayings are sticking with me. I, I, really, oh, yeah. I really like them. Well, and what's funny is that RuPaul gets a lot of those phrases from stuff that she likes. So apparently the reason why she says hello, hello, hello hmm. is because um, there's an actress. She's a comedy actress. I don't forget her name. She was in Friends. She was Phoebe in Friends. Oh, Lisa uh, Kudrow. Yes. The fact that I knew that, just like yes, that. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I'm not great with names. Um, <clears throat> but she was in a show where apparently she would like enter a room. She'd go, hello, hello, hello. And, mm. and so that's where RuPaul gets it. So that's what okay. she, you know, she says it every time. But mm. yeah, no, there's so many good phrases. And so many of those things are trickling into like mainstream media and like yeah. mainstream stuff, subculture. Like anytime you hear somebody say, yes, queen, or spilling the tea, you know, stuff like that. Like that's straight from, uh, you know, drag culture. So, hmm. but so anyway. what, no, I was going to, I was going to ask you if you could uh, give the, give the listeners uh, a rundown on what your beverage of the day is. Oh, that seems to be a thing we do. So let's yes. continue. Right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm drinking my elderberry, like immune support and stress relief tea with some honey. And I'm also drinking it out of my coffee mug that you gave me. Oh snap! The it's got a picture of all the racetracks, like like a layout of all the racetracks with like the flag behind them and like oh the damn okay. And it says How thoughtful in the top. Yeah, this is a great mug, man. It's yeah. big. It's got it can fit a lot of tea in it. You know, mm. perfect for spilling. Do you ever put soup in it or eat food out of it? I could put soup in it. Okay. I could put soup in it and drink straight, but I feel like it would have to be like a, a Campbell's microwave amount of soup. You know, I couldn't just put <laughs> yeah. a full can. It's not that big, but yeah. you know, I'm sure somebody out there that does that, that's a smart thing. They should make a, mm -hmm. they should make a coffee mug topper that doubles as like a soup dispenser, like sippy cup thing. Ooh. So kind of like a little like pour over, like ceramic. Ooh, thing that, they, that they have for months, right? <laughs> a soup pour over. You, are you tired of getting all the vegetables in your soup? Do you want to just drink the broth? Here, introducing the soup pour over. Strain all those pestery vegetables out of your stew right before you drink the broth. <laughs> Doesn't work with tomato soup, though. It's clear. <laughs> So that was our little 80s uh, infomercial with my, my, <laughs> my Casio think, keyboard beat there. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I see, but here's the thing. I don't think the people from the, I don't think when it comes to like voices from commercials, I think like 50s, you have the like, welcome to the home of this lovely lady. She's making food for her husband. Like that's how that guy did it. Right. And then I think the 70s is just like, it's sort of a continuation of that it was like marketing. Here's more marketing of this great prize. Yeah. But then I think in the 80s, didn't the 80s, they were just like, didn't they go to like, or was it the 90s where they're just like, whoa, hey, check out this new thing. Yeah, that definitely feels like late 80s, <laughs> like early 90s. Wash like, all your clothes with just yeah. this little tablet. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe this is because. As if everything's a Ninja Turtles episode. <laughs> well, maybe I'm misremembering that because like yeah. we were kids in the 90s so like Maybe. every toy commercial was like whoa check it out <laughs> it's this silly putty you can throw at your friends gogurt yogurt in a stick form <laughs> slurp, slurp, slurp. you know <laughs> eat your tostitos whoa <laughs> explosive pizza flavor speaking of do you remember that tostinos pizza rolls commercial where like it was some family, some nuclear-looking family who lived in the suburbs right <laughs> of course and i'm sure i'm sure the daughter's name was like 
Jessica, right? Mm-hmm. No, this is no shade to anyone who's named Jessica if you're listening. Just that was a very common name in the 90s. Yeah. But you have like a Jessica or Jennifer or something. And, you know, she brings home her boyfriend who's like, you know, backwards cap. He has like these like really like bro looking sunglasses. Oh, no, not you, Gabe. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe is currently wearing a backwards cap. Not, not this kind of backwards cap. I was going to say, hey, and man, then, wait a minute. Yeah. Too close to my description. Yeah. <laughs> you leave Jessica alone. <laughs> but I then he, show, anyway. he shows up. He shows up at the house for dinner. And they're like the dad does not like the boyfriend, right? It's one of those. And then <laughs> I know how this is gonna yeah, end. Don't I? Yeah. And then he just like they're having Tostino's pizza rolls, and he's like, oh, "I love Tostino's pizza rolls" or something like that. And like, it's the family just sitting around the dinner table together, laughing and giggling because apparently Tostino's pizza rolls can overcome the gap that exists between oh, like yeah. the teenage boyfriend and the father. <laughs> no, this is this is. Let me paint you the scene how that should have happened. So the the boyfriend says, "I love Tostino's pizza rolls," and yeah. it's just silence. Ooh. And everybody stares at the father, and the father is just dead eyes staring at the boyfriend. And you see his fist is shaking on the table. And then he closes his eyes and he looks down, and then he goes, "That's the smartest thing you've ever said." <laughs> or like, or like, you know, he'll say like, um, "You're goddamn right." <laughs> and then like, and then gets up and like, and like goes over and shakes yeah. his hand. Welcome to the family. Son. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. No, my Excellent. favorite. My favorite Tostina rolls one is when the kid has the sleepover and they're mm-hmm. just like, shh, we gotta be quiet. We don't want to wake mom. And then they go downstairs and they go into like, just chill out. I'll make the Tostinos. And he puts them in the oven and then he pulls them out. One of his friends goes, I love Tostinos. And like shows oh, it in his yeah. face. And then the mom yep. gets up and she comes downstairs. She looks in the kitchen. She does that like approving nod. Even. Oh my God. It's probably like 4 a.m. And they're just going to be vomiting all over the floor <laughs> because they had too many of them late at night (laughs) Uh, good times good times (laughs) but you know what this is what i'm gonna say so to make a little transition we're we're today we're talking about our perfect formula one race and our perfect perfect season season. yeah and amongst the different aspects of that we're definitely going to be talking about teams and tracks and cars but we're also going to be talking about sponsorships and i'm just going to say a tostinos formula one team would be pretty dope i mean just imagine you know what livery could just be pizza it could just be a pizza decorated livery or like honestly just slices all over it like it's I'm, a I'm, pattern i'm i'm all for tostinos becoming the title <laughs> sponsor for ferrari honestly at this point <laughs> at this point what is it to lose right oh man you guys punch yourself in the, in the face every single race oh, oh you're Let's giving just... me ideas man <laughs> you're, you're giving me ideas like oh we'll talk we'll go into detail with this like because I, mm. I, I got some ideas for you now but yeah like so to sort of start i mean when we think of a when we think of a season like there's so many aspects that come into it right yeah but there's a lot of things that people don't really think about everybody has their wish list of stuff they want to see mm-hmm. things they want to experience but apart from just like the engine regulations and where they race there's a lot of other aspects that make up a season like how many races they do um, mm-hmm the regulations for like the distribution of rules you know uh, the liveries penalties so like there's all sorts of things and i i think that like you know obviously we don't have control of these aspects but today we are going to speculate as though we do Ooh. and so Adris, enter the twilight zone enter the, the enter the enter the alternative this universe <laughs> that's a that's a song from me. I, I love DDR by the way everyone and that's a song from oh is it I think it's DDR Max 2 if I remember correctly so I'll leave it there mm. anyways as you were so yeah I think honestly to start and think about 
how many races is a good amount of races in a season? I, this year mm. we have the most that the most that the sport's ever going to have, which is like mm -hmm. what I think it's like twenty two or twenty three races. Twenty three this season. Yeah, um, which is bonkers. It's a lot. I could make the argument that there might be two races that don't need to be there. And I'm also a, <laughs> I'm also the kind of person. Um, I'm sure there's lots of you out there who, when they set the remote control on the TV for the volume, it has to be either a multiple of five or like an even number or whatever. I'm a multiple of five person. So for me, 20 races or 25 races is acceptable. I ain't taking anything in between. Hmm. Uh, so I'm going to stick with 20 races. That's for 20. me, my season, I would say 20, 20 races is why, good. Why 20? Um, it just feels like a, I mean, it satisfies my brain as being an even number. It would be easier, I think, to split the season down in the middle, right? Sure. You have the first sure. 10 races, you have your second 10 races, right? Okay. Um, and I think ideally in a race season, it would be better to have five races mm -hmm. and then uh, a break in between and maybe even, and here's a, here's a question. I don't, what, what would you think about this? Imagine a development testing session in between almost like they have preseason where like the teams really yeah. can spend time to do more development more testing of new components and things of that nature and then mm. depending on how those first 10 races go they will only have like x amount of laps that they can run for for a particular testing thing and it sort of yeah. does that thing where it's like the team on top doesn't have as many laps as the ones on the bottom like what do you think about that i think that also kind of reflects what they already do currently with cfd time that gets allocated <clears> right or wind tunnel time sorry I think it's I oh I don't know the number exactly but there's there's a time there's a milestone marker at some point in the season where depending on the order of the constructors in the constructors championship um wind tunnel time is reallocated right? right so if you were doing really poorly the season before but then somehow you knocked it out of the park and you are at the top of the rankings midway through the season oh well actually going to get reduced wind tunnel time and you know good right. luck the rest of the season right right I think that's really interesting yeah I yeah, I'm. I'm really. <laughs> I'm pausing so much because I'm really thinking about it and I'm getting excited about it. <laughs> could you imagine if we get preseason testing again, like yeah, well, through just, the season? I that mean, really, that kind of like levels out the playing field and that allows people to really try try their hand at things, right? And right. Um, I would even say maybe even throw in like a reset of the number of engines that you're allocated, right? And do like you get three for the first half of the season and another three, so you get six total, right? Granted, there you know there's a push towards reliability and sustainability right um of these right. of these power units but you know that's why not right well and a lot of team also is they they will come out with like a spec b version of their car or like a mark exactly II, and like that would be a good place to like unveil that spec and actually get time to practice it to practice right. with it so they're not like wasting potential on like a race where they could like well this isn't going to work we're going to have to go back to spec a because this is yeah that's fun but yeah how many races would you does that is do, would you agree with that or yeah. would you have do you have something else in mind like kind of that you yeah know? no I'm, I'm actually with you um i think 23 that they have this season's way too many you have to think about just just logistics of all that right i mean first off right now it's awful with the way they do it right because you'd imagine all the european races are happening at the same time and all of the like western hemisphere races are happening at the same time so we're talking like um, Interlagos, uh, Coda, Montreal, what Mexico else? City. Yeah, Mexico City, Miami, uh, Vegas. Ugh. But um, <laughs> sorry, guys, I was just clearing my throat. I guess I just got something caught there. Lost. <clears throat> yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing major. Just you know, it's all Vegas. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't make any sense right now how they're how they're laid out. So that's one contributing reason as to why I think twenty three is way too much. Yeah. But also, just I think it's just too much on on your body to be doing that 
all that kind of racing for for that long, right? Um, mm-hmm. With all the G G forces and the G force loading that your body's feeling, I think an ideal number of races would be somewhere between fifteen and twenty, and I'm kind of settling on like eighteen or nineteen. Okay. Um, okay. I I think eighteen. I mean, it's kind of. I feel like 18 gives you a good enough sample size where you can really truly understand if one driver and team really stood out better than the others, right? Yeah. 15 might be too few. Um, I don't know. I guess you can run like a statistical I, analysis on it, but yeah, I, I feel like 18 is close enough to the 20 that you dropped that. Honestly, I feel like somewhere around there's probably a good number. Yeah. I mean, it's just like everybody wants to see a lot of racing, you know? It's yeah. Like they, yeah, exactly. Because like, you enjoy the sport. Like, you know, <clears throat> and that's and why we got like... sprint races, right? Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, the the best the best introduction <laughs> to F one in a long time. <laughs> to, uh, we're not personally. We can, I'm we, not a mega fan of sprint races, but uh, here's the thing: um, sprint races to me are like uh, it's it's sort of like getting one of those like little um, packages. It's like a mystery prize. You don't know what's in it. Sometimes it's great. Ball. Sometimes not. But I can tell you that I think that it has potential to be good um, because okay. we've gotten several good sprint races that people forget about. Like, and I think Lagos. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. If they're at good tracks, they're good sprint races. That's you know? that is true. So that like true. Interlagos sprint race was phenomenal. And so I'm I'm all about that, but it really I think it's track dependent. Absolutely. Okay, so we established anywhere between like 18 to 20 races or so mm-hmm. in a season. Possibly, okay. you know, we, we can we can go into more kind of like ideas of like the practice session in between. I kind of like that idea. But what teams in your ideal season are going to make up the, the grid? And I mean, like, I think for this, like, if you want to choose like historic teams, like teams that like previous iterations of like a current team... Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, a mixture of the modern sort of race teams or even just new ones that like mm-hmm. you think of would be like Tostinos, Tostinos F1, <laughs> you know, Scuderia, Tostinos Ferrari. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like what comes to mind? Like, what do you think would be cool mm. to see like out on the grid? I'm actually going to go a bit of a different direction here. Okay. It would be cool to see national teams in the okay. sport. Okay. I think there, I think there's something cool there that could happen. Um, kind of similar to in the vein of the Olympics. Um, I mean, you kind of effectively have that already, right? Like, well, they you they have... did that too, and they tried that um, at one point, um, not that long ago, a few years ago. They had like a open wheel racing series with all national teams. Yeah, I think something like that would be cool. I mean, this could just be like a one off race. You know what I mean? Like, I would. It would be cool to see like the British f1 team the german f1 and you effectively have that right with ferrari mercedes alpine right um it would just be cool to pull in constructors from other parts of the world that typically aren't represented right like what does a japanese formula one car look like right their interpretation of of the regulations what does a brazilian formula one car look like you know what i mean and of course this you know this would be a little loose as far as the rules are applied. Like, oh, you can have drivers from, you can have like a driver, like let's say you're the Brazilian F1 team and you want Lewis Hamilton to drive for you. Sure, that's cool. It's more so just about like, what does that team look like when they pull together resources on a national front versus just an industrial, like organizational company front, right? Yeah. So in 2000, uh, it's, it's between 2005 and 2009, Okay. Ferrari sponsored a World Cup of Motorsport called A1GP. Um, so it was single make. So basically it was open wheel racing series that basically was the same engine, same chassis. 
but it had drivers from different nations that basically ran as so cool. Teams. Yeah, so like there was uh, a, a India team. There was uh, like Australian team had like Alan Jones. Oh. Um, John Surtees drove in the British team. Emerson Fittipaldi drove in the Brazilian team. Yeah, there's a lot of like kind of uh, sort of like not Formula One related names in here, but like sure, Malaysia sure. had a team, USA had a team, Ireland had a team, Germany. Yeah, See, so this so is they, cool. So they they did that. Like Austria had Nikki Lauda driving, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was something they tried. They folded it in 2009. I don't know why. I don't remember the reason for that. I'm gonna I'm gonna assume it's a funding thing, right? I even mean, jo even Jos Verstappen uh, was in it uh, driving. Oh, that's cool. So, like, there's a lot of like really famous you know names in there that did it. But yeah, I think that was the idea was to sort of do like a World Cup, but like yeah. open wheel racing. Um, yeah, and that's cool. You know, and just to just to quickly quickly say, I think what would be cool about it is not do it like every single season, right? Like maybe yeah. this is every four years, just like the Olympics or just like the World Cup, right? That'd be yeah. interesting to see. It would be, yeah. Well, and I think the fact that they did like a, a one make and one chassis sort of setup um, kind of yeah. evens that playing field a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, you know, when they do the World Cup, it's not like the one team has a better soccer ball than the other team. And the other team has like a more complicated <laughs> net, you know? It's yeah. like, no, they had the same soccer ball. They had the same net, the same size mm -hmm. field, the same rules. It's just all down to their skill. So right. that's that's what, yeah. Uh, that's cool. I think that would be awesome, definitely, as like a, a one-off race series mm -hmm. or something of that nature. Um, but, you know, with sponsorships and teams sort of things, there's a couple of things I've wanted to see that I'm just surprised is not there. I don't know if there's a reason for this, but I know Monster Energy uh, sponsored Mercedes like a little bit. Like they had like a yeah. you know, their logo on helmets and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm surprised that Monster Energy did not try and get a title sponsorship with an F1 team. <laughs> because I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to say, when I was in high school, I, there were more people drinking Monster than ever drinking Red Bull. Yeah, and maybe absolutely. that's just like because it's yeah. a, I'm like American and I'm from Ohio and that's what you do. Yeah. But yeah, I always thought that the monster branding would look really awesome on an F1 car. And it always oh, yeah. just feels like it would make sense. Like you got Red Bull, they're an energy drink. They have two F1 teams, mm -hmm. you know, like monster sponsors, extreme sports and rally racing, like and like, you know, sports car racing, like out the wazoo. Why haven't they gotten into Formula One? I don't know. I But I think that would be cool as hell. I'd love to see a Monster Energy sponsoring like Haas or something, you know, like pick up where Rich Energy failed and like try and compete with Red Bull as a as a as a, you know, drink manufacturer as a title sponsor. But also, yes, Tostinos. I want to see the pizza livery on a car. I just I have to have it in my life. Not that I put it at, that out into the universe. <laughs> I, I need to have that. I'm sure somebody on like Forza Motorsport has made a pizza livery on one of the F1 cars. So maybe I'll just Absolutely. have to go in and find yeah. that and put it on and then post Come on a picture now. of it. Uh, but yeah, as far as like actual teams, I know there's a lot of teams that do development that like kind of developed into other ones, but mm -hmm. If we could defy logic and sort of the breakdown of the linear nature of time. Well, actually, yeah. no, time's not really linear. It's all over the place. Anyway. X, Y, Z, and T. Yes. Four dimensions, bro. I would really like to see uh, a season where you just have all of the legendary teams together, like Tyrrell, Williams, mm. Ferrari, McLaren, obviously. But then uh, teams like uh, Lotus, having Lotus back in there, mm. Brabham's, you know. 
Yeah. Um, would be really sweet to see a Brabham's out there racing again. Obviously, Mercedes still in there. And I mean, uh and Braun too. Right? Oh, Braun they, Braun they, GP would be cool. Yeah. I mean, they only got that one season. Yeah. And you I know, mean, and they just kicked ass. So like yeah. Even though that's technically Mercedes, it's like no, just right, hey, right. you know, Ross, make a Formula One team again, uh, and let's you know, let's get this train a rolling. Yeah, that would be really cool to just see all those like, like especially Tyrrell. Like Tyrrell had so much success with Jackie Stewart in the seventies. Like you know, I- I'm really surprised. I mean, they stuck around as long as they could, but then I forget. We I remember we posted a picture of the sort of um, transition of each of the teams on the grid, like kind of where they came from and to where they yeah. were. I forget what what Tyrrell ended up being. Where did they did Tyrrell end up becoming um, Sauber or I don't remember. Um, I think Sauber has always been sauber uh terrell became braun gp oh yeah there we go yeah yeah terrell became braun which is now mercedes so basically we would have like three iterations of that team uh essentially on the grid uh um, would be cool that would be really cool uh there's some like you know there's some smaller teams that like eh, yeah maybe like uh like jordan like yeah i guess like we could be interesting but like I, honestly like i i just try and stick to what i think is like just those really really amazing teams but it would also really really be cool to see famous former champions you know being the team principals of teams like uh imagine like damon hill you know showing up to run williams and like jackie stewart comes in to like you know uh work with tyrell again you know like to to like develop the car almost like how nikki lauda did with mercedes mm-hmm. um i think that would be really cool to see because uh, it's kind of reminds me of like how we're really really rooting for williams this year because yeah. like they've just been in the sport for so long that it's just yeah, like course. you want to see them sticking around and just right. being there because it's just super fun but right yeah okay well we we got uh tostinos is going to be our, our our new world champion for the season the God, way, who would be good? sponsoring us for this episode oh, guys who would be good driving the tostinos cars you know who i want on my tostinos team i'm just Ooh. i'm just gonna decide i'm the team right, principal for tostinos on. all right we're gonna okay. say our pick on three okay all, all right, right. it's, it's probably right. not gonna be it but let's try it it's all right it's gonna be different for both of us probably all right probably, okay. one two three Kimmy danny Rocky. ricardo <laughs> yes we did it was that it you said danny rick yep i said danny rick yes <laughs> No, I actually said Kimmy Reckoning. You said Kimmy? Yeah. Oh, I, don't oh, I, I thought you it, said we'll, Danny we'll... Rick. Anyway, yeah. So, well, yeah, I, I want Danny Rick on my team for Tostinos. Like, okay. uh, Danny Rick on Tostinos. I think, you see, you know, Kimmy Reckoning, he would be too serious for Tostinos. If you had a fashion so brand. about it. No, if you had a fashion brand or something, or like, you know, I don't know, like, what does Kimmy Reckoning like? Does anybody even know? I Like Ed Hardy. Like, it looks like honestly maybe uh or like smirnoff ice because then it could be the ice man the driving man. The, the the ice car you know what i mean but yeah no i'd like danny ricardo on the tostinos team um and alongside him either like i don't know like valtteri botas could be fun him and botas would have a fun time you know what yeah um especially mullet botas mullet botas or i mean yeah. honestly uh him and like uh i mean danny ricardo gets a, gets along with everybody yeah. so like you know him and pierre gasly or like him and um carlos Sainz or something like that'd be awesome because i just think danny would have fun with that he'd have like just 
let Botas use his race helmet with the mullet and the mustache and then like have Danny Rick like you know get one of his like really crazy like kind of pastel color yeah. ones oh my god like how fun would that be that would be amazing I would just be all over that team I'd buy sponsored. all of sponsored by Monster right yeah well Monster and Tostinos yes yeah. so Tostinos is title sponsor Monster yeah. is like the secondary one the Monster's on the wing you know okay. this is this is going to be my team what about you what about you if you let's 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 go from there okay you so you are also a a team race owner what's your team sponsor and who are your drivers i'm going to lipton tea lipton I, okay so he brings that up all. I, I drink a lot of lipton tea guys it, it would it would be interesting to see lipton on the uh on the grid uh i don't know i'm trying to think of like a product i use all the time that I, I mean, I, I, I definitely don't eat Tostinos all the time. <laughs> That's true. I so like that, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, it doesn't have to be that. Like, ooh, ooh Sega. Maybe I, like do like Sega or something. Let's get a Taco Sonica. Bell. Let's get a Taco Bell Sega okay. title sponsor. Oh. Yeah, like co-sponsor. Okay. Like yes. that. I think that'd be oh, great. Loving this. Okay, Taco yep. Bell Sega. This is amazing. Okay. Uh, who are your drivers? Sega. <laughs> who are your drivers? My drivers for Taco Bell Sega. Yes. Uh, Louis it can Hammond. be like any. It can be anyone from all time. Um, sure. I mean, I, I was thinking with the modern. I was thinking with the modern drivers for my team. But if all you right. want to go, if you want to go ham with it, let me go. Let me go. <laughs> well, Jensen Button. <laughs> <laughs> Driving a Taco Bell car. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what this brand is. Like, <laughs> I will drive car. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's go. With, uh, my boy JB Jensen Button. Ooh, okay. And yeah. you know, you know what? Yeah. let's let's bring on someone who i admire and i feel like never got like a a real good chance to show his skills okay let's go with julian palmer okay all right yeah yeah a jb and a jp driving yep. the tb <laughs> yeah like that's, driving the sega tp the sega tb <laughs> that's that's perfect yes yeah okay I, i'm liking this okay yeah. All right. Talk. Yeah. So that's that's going to be okay. So we're, we're we are now we're going to be uh, chasing the rivalry. Uh, this is going to be the, the hot new rivalry of our 2050 season or whatever. Well, now here comes the really important part. All right. So we know what our sponsors are. We know what our drivers are. Let's talk about the engine regulations and the car regulations. Ooh, okay. What we want to see. I have some thoughts. I have some ideas, some pies in the skies, but I want to it... first. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so I was thinking about this a little bit earlier. It would be really interesting to actually open up the regs a bit, um, allow teams to come in with a design that they want to use. Right. And then it is up to the FIA to sit down, look at all the different designs, right. Cause they'll, they'll be in the know, right. Mm and make a decision about what is allowed and what isn't allowed, right? I think what this would do is allow the different teams to excel or just utilize the skill sets that they already excel in, right? Mm -hmm. So Ferrari is known for their engines, right? They can just go ham on the engine side, right? Like uh -huh. if they don't care about aero, fine, that's okay, right? Mercedes, you guys like your aero stuff? All right, make a car that really focuses on the aero side. You wanna use a V6? Great, you wanna use a V8? Great. You know, you have like, you can use a V6 or a V8, maybe a V10, right? It will be up to the FIA or the regulatory body to decide what's okay, right? I think something like this would be really fun and wild because 
you don't know what's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I think you kind of have to constrain the problem a bit, you know, like you can't do, you can't use this technology, you can't use, you can't, you know, have this much horsepower, more than this much horsepower, but just open it up a little bit and see, and see what the teams come to you with, right? Yeah, it kind of sounds my like, stance on it. it kind of sounds like how they used to do it in the seventies. I mean, like, cause you had, you know, yeah. once the turbo era showed up and towards the early eighties, you had like, you know, the big big turbo cars versus the naturally aspirated v12s or whatever and i i can appreciate that i would not want to open up the regulations necessarily that open i do i wouldn't be opposed to having like two alternatives like you know you either have your naturally aspirated you know whatever like v10s and then you have like a turbo whatever but honestly what i would like is i don't like i don't dislike the turbo hybrid power system because i think like because it's created so much efficiency and because it's created so much power frankly and so much innovation i think that's a cool concept however Mm -hmm. i would rather they do one of two things either raise the rev limiter on the v6s so they rev higher than there are right now so like just to kind of increase some so, sort of power potential, but also so, yeah. make the noise a little bit more exciting. <laughs> this or, has been a sticking point with Gabe for years, guys. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Or let's try inventing around about the same size capacity engines, but instead mm-hmm. of V6s, let's go for V8s. V8 turbo hybrids. Mm. So like, the, like cause so, I'm, I'm trying to think of how it might have a power increase, okay? okay? But the way I would suggest in regulations to combat that is to make the cars heavier, you know, Mm. because I think if you make the cars heavier, I think they're going to be slightly more reliable because they can use stronger parts that are not just going to like break, Mm. you know, with the the, the slightest tap. You know what I mean? Because that's the other thing that frustrates me. I get really frustrated when a driver, like when the cars just like barely touch each other. And they touch. And then, and then, like, yeah, they touch. Oh no, they touch. And then, like, oh, like, w- uh, the floor is broken. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so now it's like you can't compete. Box, 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 box. It's like yeah, that frustrates me. It's like these cars are so delicate. I can appreciate the delicacy, but at the same time, it's like I don't want them to be out of the race if they stub their toe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if you increase the weight limit or sort of set in certain parameters that like materials have to be this amount of thickness. Okay. Um, because what I want ultimately is more reliability, a okay. better, more exciting racing, like like sound, you know, yeah. like competitive cars still. Uh, but I also want, yeah, I want to be able to get through the race without just okay. you know, completely tanking. So I thought to no, myself, I, I, feel that. I also think that it would be really cool to reintroduce skirts so that the porpoising is a lot more under control because... Mm. The reason, like a huge part of that reason, right, for the for the porpoising is that like the air gets it stalls, it stalls and it just yeah. escapes out, right? But like with those skirts, it it basically keeps the airflow controlled under the car right. and doesn't allow it to escape out of the side and doesn't allow it to like completely vanish in a way so that they could yeah. keep that that sort of steady flow of air to keep the car stable. Uh, or I mean- that or active suspension. So I think one of the uh, I think one of the solutions that we're seeing on the grid right now I think it's Haas. There might be teams who are trying to induce vortices, right? A vortices or a vortex for anyone who's unfamiliar is just imagine you put your finger in a pool of water and you just circle it, circle it, circle it, right? You're creating a ripple. There's that's a little vortex you're creating, right? Hmm. So what you can utilize that for on an aero side of the car is generate vortices on the outside of the floor, right, to help seal in 
that airflow on the inside so it actually produces that desired ground effect, right? So I think I think that's being deployed on the grid right now. So yeah. what you're describing is the physical way to do it, with yeah. like the actual geometry of the car, whereas yes. I think right now some of the some of the teams are doing an aero going right. for an aero physics approach. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean yeah, I think whatever whatever makes it work. Um yeah, that's 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 a. I, I like your. I like what you're doing here. It's interesting right. because I think we have the same desire, but we've approached it from different ways, right? Mm-hmm. You want to introduce more noise and more excitement, right? And you achieve that via these larger engines, right? Whereas I'm going from the approach of just let everyone do what they want to do, but within within a certain context. I guess the only thing with increasing the weight of the cars, there might be like a safety issue there. Um, like you're increasing your momentum and inertia, which you know, you got to make sure your brakes can stop all that. So, but yeah, no, that's, I mean, that that's, well, yeah, I'm just I mean, thinking out loud. <clears throat> I think everything sort of comes, comes into play with that. Yeah. There's a trade-off. I would think that an increased in density of material would be more protection for the car and for the driver generally, you know, like you wouldn't get this dimpling thing on like the noses of the Ferrari parts wouldn't be flying off. You know what I mean? Like if they were more structurally sound and not made of like little, you know, if the, if the material wasn't so thin, I just, for me, it feels like it'd be better. I I, I don't know. So I'm giggling because uh, motorsport.com, they had an art. I think, I don't I think it was them who they made the meme. Um, it was just a picture of the Ferrari dimpling. And they were saying it's just where they keep their pasta sauce. <laughs> yeah, it's like a peel away thing. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That was, oh, that, that, was, was that was funny. That was yeah. funny. Um, it, made me, it made me chortle. Yeah. So that's the way I'm thinking with the cars. No, I dig. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny with your sort of idea of like kind of opening up the regulations. It is, it's very much, that's a very seventies mindset because that's where like the Tyrrell six wheel car came from. Yeah. And like the Brabham fan car that did the one-off win at the race. And like, that was some really intense stuff. It was like, felt like very much the wild west, which I'm all down for that. That sounds yeah. pretty cool. But I feel like having the physical barrier with the skirts on the car, I'm surprised that they haven't brought that back because that was banned and it was banned because ground effect cars were banned. But now the ground effect cars are back. Like, I, I don't necessarily know what a, like a problem would be to doing that because it, it feels like it's more of a it's practical a solution than you think it's a safety thing. It's a safety thing, because if you if you have the skirts, right, you are you have no way of stalling the car via an aerodynamic effect right like it's gonna have to come like mechanically from the car right uh you mean sort of like a runaway downforce sort of thing yeah yeah i i always thought that was one of the reasons that they got rid of uh ground effect because the cars are just getting way too fast and well yeah i mean and they're way faster now than they ever were back then you know right wait but way faster but we have like the you know helmets and the, yeah. the Hans device and all these right. other safety features that have been implemented, you know? So, right. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying now. Because yeah. we have the safety features that have been added, well, we can yeah. now go. Okay. Yeah. Guys, I'm giving, I'm giving Gabe the okay, <laughs> the okay sign on, on video chat right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, just like, no, I, think wrong, our, man. I think our brakes are better. I think our tires are better. And, you know, I think the skirts were it just increasing the speed in that sense where they were kind of allowing them to uh stay really 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 fast and they were just trying to kind of slow them down so they were like okay no no more ground effects no more skirts because like they were they were almost running with zero wings in the front and like because they didn't need them because it was all coming from under the car so i don't know but that was just my thought okay no i feel you homie i feel you all right so we got our tostinos car and we got our taco bell car and we've got their they're faster they're louder they're more exciting and they're not breaking on the track what tracks we drive it on 
Okay, okay. I, I got a lot here. Okay. So <laughs> here's the thing. Right now, Formula One races in like 18 plus different countries because there are a couple mm. of races that are a couple of countries that get repeated due to U.S. <clears throat> tracks that, yeah, wah, wah. Okay, so let's start with the U.S. Why Vegas? Oh, it looks so boring. It looks so, like, I know they want Vegas to be like the Monaco of the U.S. It just, God. in my opinion, it just isn't, you know? You know, like, the... The Monaco of the Midwest of, of the of the United States. What? I'm sorry. What? The, <laughs> the Monaco. Of the Midwest. That's Cleveland. <laughs> that's the... to say. The Monaco of the Midwest. Cleveland is Cleveland. Um, Burt Lakefront Airport. No. Um, there you go. I think I think the Monaco of the United States is Long Beach. Dude, oh, Long Beach is such a good track. I've been there yeah. several times for the IndyCar race there, and it is it is a and delight. They used, they used to run F1 on Long yep. Beach. Yeah, so, it, that's a fun um, place. Yeah, so just just really quick, I want to I want yeah. you to continue, but just really quick, I want to say, yeah, when we were at Coda, mm -hmm. I did hear the commentators say something about like people were they're like, oh, why does the United States have to have three game three races, blah blah blah, mm -hmm. and the only good explanation that I heard for that mm -hmm. is that because the United States is as geographically diverse as it is, and because yeah. of how big that it is, you can justify having multiple races in it because Miami is in a different, you know, like it's in a different climate zone and yep. like, it's like Vegas is in the desert and time zones is in like the, you know, Western kind of fields. Mm -hmm. So that is fine for me. Like, yes. I, and, and you know, America has got a lot of fans and, you know, I think there's enough people that would be willing to fly out to America for, mm -hmm. you know, for races that that's not the problem. The problem is Vegas. Just why? Like, mm -hmm. it's like I, I know it's got money, and I know it's got like the glitz and the glamour. Mm -hmm. It's what way too freaking Vegas, expensive. Vegas, yeah, it's way too freaking expensive. The track has to use this just the street circuit, so you can't mm -hmm. make like anything that's too interesting. And if you watch the track, it is it's basically like the shape of the state of Washington. It's do, just like you, a square. And I just you, I was what? I was gonna ask. Do you remember like the starter track in almost any racing game you ever play? Yeah, that, is just, Vegas, well, that is the Vegas. That is the Vegas circuit. It's like the short. It's like the short version of a much more interesting track that you will race on later with faster cars. <laughs> like right now, it's like no, you're just in the Clio hatchback, and you're driving the short circuit. Yeah, it, it just it doesn't. I mean, who knows? Hey, may, I'm willing to be told differently. If Vegas, I'll tell you what. If Vegas is a race that's interesting in its own right, and it's not just has all these weird, awkward stuff happen like Miami did, where like they were like parading people around with like a police escort, and then they had like the fake marina. So weird. Even though you're like by the ocean, you yeah. couldn't just bring water in. You had to have a fake marina. Like it could have been like a kiddie pool and had some water in it so nobody would drown. Like oh, you God. know, so I just stupid. I just don't get it. And so Vegas to me is just like I, I don't think it's necessary. I would I mean I'm biased, but I would like to mm -hmm. be I would like for them to be up in the Pacific Northwest because literally it's like being in Japan or like Belgium. So there's potential for rain, which is going to make it an interesting race. I mean, Portland has a racetrack that IndyCar races on. I don't, I don't think it's big enough for F1. I think they would have to like build a circuit. Yeah. I mean, but uh, do it, make a Seattle circuit. Like we could figure it out. Like, you know, imagine like a circuit that kind of, you know, goes into the foothills a little bit or something like that. That could be interesting and cool. Like it would be a cool place to have a race because you get the potential for rain. It's like, it would be America's Belgium. You know what I mean? It, it would be cool. But like, I'd also, I'm totally cool with them being in, um, Long Beach. 
the one American race I don't want them to get rid of is Coda. And that's because Coda is a purpose-built track for that sport. And we were there and the track is great. And you can, it's just like a festival. You can get a chair, you can find a piece of grass and you can just sit down and, you know, as long as you have an umbrella, you're good. But that was one thing that I think ultimately too bugs me about Vegas. And that is you have to pay for a standing seat. And like, yeah, you don't, you don't get to, there's no place to sit. You just, there's a little area for you to stand in. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you hit on the main point that I wanted to drive home here and it's that if the U S is so desirable because it's so big and so vast and we have all these different environments, why are we not taking advantage of that? Right. Yeah. Um, if we think about the Miami GP, the fact that you have the Everglades and you know the Florida is just like a pretty it's a pretty wet state right why are we not seeing elements of the ocean incorporated into the track right like mm. I don't know if that means building part of the circuit out over over water that it banks over or something it, of course they, you'd have to like make this safe you know um, mm. but it would be cool take advantage of the of the elements in the environment that you're in just like you were saying with uh, the PNW that's Pacific Northwest yeah go through the hills go through the forest and stuff you know of course within environmental considerations. Yeah, yeah of course. Kind of yeah, we're going to make it safe. But, yeah, we're, yeah. but, like, take advantage of what you have there. Don't just go to, like, like the most boring, blasé place. And yeah. I, I don't know. The thing about Vegas, like, Vegas to me kind of feels like fake cool, you know? Mm. <laughs> Whereas Monaco is actually, like, cool, right? Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, think, I think part of it is maybe our proximity to Vegas, us being Americans, that we... Mm. We hear Vegas all the time. We're just like, ugh, you know. But I don't know. I, I feel like there are way better environments that you could build a track in or just get a race going. Also, I'm really tired of all the street circuits, right? Like, yes, street yes, circuits, yes. I think, just kind of need to. And this was kind of going into some of the points that I had about just tracks in general. You know, we've had, I think, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but the last like six or seven new tracks have been introduced. I, I think a good handful of them have been street circuits. And while street circuits are a really easy way for a country or um, like a, a racing body in a country to say, hey, come race here, it does not necessarily always produce great no. racing. You know, like you no. want a track that is designed for racing that has exactly. these really cool elements, these really cool chicanes, and it's just always there, right? You don't have to worry about, oh, well, you know, um, they're doing some construction over here. So thir uh, the blocks between 3rd Street and 5th Street are, you know, can't use those for the for the upcoming race like that's yeah and, and like the the actual grade of the concrete is not necessarily suitable for the, the actual like racing you want to see on on track right so exactly yeah it's I, gonna I, it's gonna affect the tires differently it affects racing strategy and everything right. I, I don't know that monaco i feel is the only street circuit that should be on the calendar <laughs> There's definitely street circuit style tracks. Like, I mean, technically Jetta, which is where we're coming next, is sort yes. of that because it's got the walls. Yeah. Um, oh, but it's so dangerous though, Jetta. There's there's one a little particular bit, yeah. there's one particular section that it comes. I think you come out of a chicane into a straight and like it's like a curved straight. Yeah, you're like millimeters from the wall, and it's just kind of like that. That feels unnecessarily dangerous. Yeah. Well, I, I I definitely agree. I think that the United States needs to have at least one or two more formula one purpose-built tracks i mean we saw what happened in coda coda is hugely yeah. successful it had when we were there that was the biggest turnout i think for any formula one event 
and it's not like there's plenty of open land around you just don't want to put it in a place that's like prone to tornadoes so like no sorry oklahoma you know you're not getting a race uh a racetrack but like hey or, oregon has plenty of big open areas near the coast yeah. that they could put you know so does washington like any yep. any state's gonna have some big open plot of land that could mm-hmm. be potentially turned into a racetrack and i think that would be really interesting and it makes for better racing better events um yeah. i think it, it could potentially you know boom the economy in the local areas so long as it's not too close you know yeah and uh you know that there's plenty of spread like you know if it's just one small town that everybody's expect to go to you know that's not good but like if you put it in proximity to like several smaller locations you know i, I think there's a way they could figure it out that would be really really cool i I, I would agree. I'm also with you on the street circuits. I think it's yeah. it definitely feels like an easy sort of a shortcut way of doing things. And I think everybody has this expectation that street circuits are going to be more interesting than a, than a like a course. But I don't really think yeah. that's true. Yeah. Like look at Spa, right? Look at Spa. Mm-hmm. That is by far one of the coolest tracks on the calendar, yeah. right? Interlagos is not a street Interlo- circuit. Yeah, Interlagos. That's an like, incredible. Um, they produce like the coolest racing because yeah. they're taking advantage of like the natural environment. Like, like you've said this before, Gabe. Interlagos feels like a roller coaster, it and does, that's what yeah. makes it so fun to watch, right? Yeah. You know what else feels like a roller coaster? Austria, hmm. uh, the Red Bull Ring. Yes. That is also a fabulous track. It's got yeah. a lot of really natural elevation changes. It just flows with what the land is doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that is really special. That, that's, yeah. that's cool. So one thing I want to do, though, while we're on tracks, I want yeah. to talk about Monaco specifically. Because we've had yes. thoughts about this. I have thoughts about this. And there's a couple of things that I think Monaco could do if you really want to zhuzh it up. You know, make it a little more, I mean, it's really bougie already. But, like, if you want to get it a little you know kind of inject some excitement into it here's the thing the problem that monaco has is not necessarily monaco's fault the cars that we have now are so big and they they can't there's no place to pass in monaco there's very few places to actually pass in monaco if the cars were smaller like they used to be there would be a little bit more places to do so even still it's like you know kind of tricky but it was a little easier and so that's why pole position on monaco is so important because nine times out of ten if you get pole position you win the race and also the boost yeah and also the undercut and overcut strategy that we talked about last episode is very important in monaco because if you pull it off that's how you win those races if you want to be able to win But that being said, I don't necessarily think that that makes Monaco unexciting. I think that one card that Monaco has is that the environment is really interesting. The track is very iconic. The camera angles are pretty amazing and have a really, really good sense of speed. There are two possible things that I think that could mix up Monaco. One that you and I have talked about, and then one I just thought of the other day. So one, the Joker lap, Mm -hmm. which is something they do in Rallycross where every driver within like a certain cluster of a race has to go around this extended portion of the track and then re-enter in order to like kind of keep um like add time or reduce time yeah add time it it just it's add strategy right it's like because you have to take your joker lap for anyone who is unfamiliar with the joker lap or needs help visualizing it i would really recommend checking out the chain bear video on how to improve racing at monaco he He breaks it down perfectly and it's really i'm a visual learner um well i don't think those learning types actually exist from actually what oh, i've heard recently learner. but i like i like seeing charts and stuff right so oh, i'm I a visual learner do, right so Wait, you know if, go if, ahead if you want me to yeah, assemble yeah, ikea furniture you got to have pictures because if it's just instruction <laughs> i'm not going to do it but if you give yeah. me a picture i know exactly what's happening yeah i'm definitely a visual learner hmm. well speaking of visuals this is my other idea for monaco 
And I want to see what you think about this. Okay. So imagine Monaco, Night okay. Race. Oh, oh man, you had me at Night Race. Dude, okay. So I love Night Races just in the, general. Like the, oh, only, the only thing that would stop Monaco from doing a Night Race is that everybody likes to party at night. But to be fair, they also party mm. like super late into the night. So I think mm. you could still party plenty during the day, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. get a little saucy yeah. and then watch the race. And then once the race is over, everybody parties after. I oh, think man, that would be beautiful to see at night. Monaco, sure. Monaco as a night race, I think would look absolutely spectacular. The tunnel. I mean, come on. Like that's my favorite part of the, the track. Sparks, oh my god! The sparks <sighs> around the track—that would it would be spectacular. Be it's not like they don't have the light for infrastructure for it. I mean, it's a street. It's a it's a road, right? That's true. They would just that have to true. add some extra lights around, you know, for the for the thing. They could get it done. I, I yeah. guarantee you, they could get it done. Yeah. That would. I mean, how cool would that be? I I, I think Monaco at night would look really badass. Oh I think yeah, no, that's yep. Nope, drive you past got me the there. casino, the lights at the casino. Oh my gosh, like it would be spectacular. I just think it, that they don't want to do it out of tradition and because people want to party at night. But also, it would be a better Vegas, man. Like <laughs> it would be a better Vegas. <laughs> like that. That's what Vegas is trying to be, and it's just I. I just. I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, I, mm, I don't know, but yeah, I, I think Monaco at night yeah. with a Joker lap—that's what that what's that <laughs> what that track needs. Bring that bring that up to the modern context. So yeah. So on the note of tracks, I have three items I need to bring up. Okay. We need it. more global locations on the map. Like right. Africa is sorely underrepresented on the calendar, right? I don't know what it is about our world. We just look at Africa and think like, I mean, dude, like we we used to call it the the dark continent. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Like. Right. And I don't know if that was necessarily race-based race because of just the dark-skinned people, right? Mm -hmm. Or just the lack of knowledge, right? Or maybe it was both, right? It was probably like a that, little bit that, of both. Probably yeah. a little bit of both, knowing, like, like the... Like, they could, the, they could get away with it. Like, oh, yeah. well, we don't mean it that way. It's like, yeah. sure you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you have an entire continent that is not even on the calendar, right? The last time we raced in Africa was in South Africa during freaking apartheid, which is right. one of the most despicable things that has happened in the last like 30 years, right? right. And whose effects are still being felt to this day, right? And right. will be felt for generations because that's just that's just the way these things go, right? Like mm -hmm. you, there's like societal issues that just get built into the infrastructure, and yeah. unfortunately, it, it takes time to dismantle that. Right. But there's so many well well positioned like countries and cities and populations across mm -hmm. the entire continent that just aren't being exposed, right? Aren't getting getting the chance to show who they are to the world, right? And right. part of Formula One is that, right? That you get to showcase your country, that you get to just show people who you are, what you guys do, you know, what is interesting about your about your environment, right? right. As far as like building the racing tracks goes. Um mm -hmm. so just a few off the top of my head. Accra, Ghana, Lagos, Nigeria, Cairo, Egypt, Nairobi, Kenya. Come on, like there's so many cool places we can Ooh, go. A race at Cairo like, would be badass. Imagine that. Imagine that, right? Ooh. Like that would that would just be Imagine so the, dope to see. the shots of like the pyramids and they like oh, pan yeah. over the racetrack. Oh man. And you just see and you just see like Lewis and Max and and Fernando just like weaving through the mm. through the pyramids. Of Gila. I mean, it wouldn't be that. Well, they wouldn't, you know be, what I mean? yeah, like, they wouldn't do that. Yeah. Just but in the yeah. as a backdrop. Yeah, yeah. it would be that be wicked. Yeah, that would man. be that would be incredible. Imagine like, like they, I don't yeah, want to. I I wouldn't want to like exploit like the culture of Egypt as far as like you know. I'm not going to suggest that they put like pharaoh hats on the top of so the drivers when they get to the podium or anything like that. Right. But it would imagine it would be subtle... up to the governing body though well, right? yeah but, but like imagine the subtle sort of like decorations mm -hmm. and sort of thematic elements that right. they add into the track to like celebrate 
Egypt, their heritage, Cairo and the in the Egyptian heritage, right? But also just have it. I mean, I think honestly, the only problem I think with some places that they still have to consider is like temperature. And so I say with Egypt, they probably sure. would have to keep it like, like a night like race, dusk or sure. night. But okay. still, yeah, it doesn't mean that it's not not possible. Right, like, it's certainly possible. I mean. I mean, you're racing in freaking Vegas. Come on, you can. If you're gonna race there, <laughs> yeah. you can race anywhere else. Right. Right. Yeah, that's right. To continue yeah. on the Vegas hate train, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just ridiculous to me though that there are no African races just because uh, there's 1.4 billion Africans. Right. That's right. almost 20 percent of the world's population. And while we're talking about that. There are no Indian tracks, right? Because they're also 1.4 billion people. Well, there, there are is no a track Chinese in India. tracks. Well, there's a track there, but they haven't and raced they, there in God knows what, how long, right? Um, it's been I'm a minute. To remember. I'm trying to remember. They. It's like the I early aughts, right? Remember, no, they raced in the 20 teens because I remember watching uh, an India race. Really? Yes. And we haven't raced in China in a few years. I know the last time we raced there was, I think, 2018, if I remember correctly. Uh, India had a Grand Prix in 2011, 2012, and 2013. Okay, so it's been ten um, years. Yeah, the it's it was held at the Buddha International Circuit. Yeah, and I, you know, from what I remember, it was not, it wasn't bad. I think the problem, part of the problem, I think, was the track was a little bit too close to Bahrain, and as far as its layout, gotcha. Um, okay, to where I don't, I just think it, it didn't really do much as far as an exciting race. I also think that there were some political problems, obviously, that like sure. you know caused sure. it. But like, I do remember the um, Force India team driving in India, and one thing that was really interesting that i found out about that is that apparently in india if you're a sports team you can't wear your there's like a, it's sort of like an insult to have your national flag on your like outfit so like on the cars for the force india team they had to like take the actual indian flags off of the cars when they were racing it's like either like a sign like an insult or like it's like bad taste or something mm. i remember that being a thing and I was really confused by that. I didn't understand why, but I remember like Force India couldn't have the actual like symbol and like the actual Indian flag like on the car. They could have the color scheme, but that was about hmm. it. I'm looking at the livery right now. Yeah, that's hmm. I see that. Wow. But yeah, no, I still, I mean, even still, I agree. I think that like any place that has a significantly large population can logistically handle a race weekend and has yeah. a circuit should be able to do it uh, unless yeah. you're involved in some major uh, human rights atrocity or there's some really intense political problem that's going on. That's why it's like we're not in Russia, obviously, for that reason, which I would say, like, hopefully, you know, hopefully the conflict that's going on over there comes to an end and hopefully it results in Ukraine's retaining its sovereignty and like, get, you know, re gaining its self-identity and its territory that it had lost because i'd rather see a ukrainian G gp than a russian gp at this point right now you know mm -hmm. like just to kind of that country if anybody needs to have a boost in economy and morale and image um apart from you know obviously african countries that have not had that kind of opportunity um you know ukraine could definitely benefit from something like that as well so another country that popped in my head too would be chile mm -hmm. Chile would be good. Yeah. Chile is is just as uh, geographically diverse as the America is. So mm -hmm. yeah, a, Ch a Chilean uh, Grand Prix would be really really cool. <laughs> Ooh, you know, it'd be really interesting. I don't think Iceland mm. would ever go for it, but Icelandic Grand Prix would be kind of cool. I just don't think they have the room. Like, there's just the but. But just mm. imagine having a night race with like the Northern mm -hmm. Lights Northern happening. Lights. <laughs> like that would be like that's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Just it's, yeah. like this be so badass, you know. Yeah. Well, this is why we're doing this, right? Because we're just speculating. Like, oh, yeah, wouldn't yeah. it be cool if you did this? Like, yeah. yeah. FIA, hire us. 
We, we <laughs> FIA. Do, we'll do the we'll do the groundwork for you. Just give us multiple trillions of dollars, and yeah. we'll scout out places to build tracks. Um, just just two, just two trillion. So we touched a little bit about a few sort of miscellaneous kind of changes like Joker laps mm-hmm. yeah. and things of that nature. But there's a couple of other ideas that I want to kind of get your opinion on. Um, okay. What would you think about an artificial rain circuit? Dude, I've been thinking about that lately. All right. So I will preface this with the fact that I love wet races. Mm. I think they are like the true test of a driver's ability, yeah. right? everyone's on the same tire right how how can you overtake in the rain where are you gonna do it like it it takes i don't know it takes a lot of the elements of oh well that's just a good car out of the equation right because yeah, yeah. it's not really about that anymore it's really no. just about the driving skill and that's why i love um there was a period of time like in uh, i think 2017 2018 2019 time frame where there were several wet races and i remember lewis being like having to start like p15 p16 i think because of some kind of engine change or something like that right mm. and he would just carve his way through the field and i always call it that like a, a hamilton salvage race and i love watching those just because mm. you see like the technical finesse he has to use to just to do that right to come back and mm. get get on the podium or win the race right? right um but yeah with that said uh an artificial rain rain race would be interesting so we're talking about just like water seeping up <laughs> from the track well, or stuff like that or they're just no, spraying water I, down. i would say it would probably be i mean you could just do like kind of a sprinkling sort of system but i would say sure. like it'd probably be better to try and find a way to project it up and onto the track from like a yeah you know almost distance. to try and make it as as like naturally raining kind of conditions as you can yeah um the only problem that i would have with that is that you would have to make sure that you're not wasting water as too much like if there was a way that the track would have the drainage system from the track would just refill whatever water tanks that it had mm. you know but that would be like a whole infrastructure thing that would cause yeah. probably have issues and stuff but this is not why we're here we're here to speculate as if these aren't problems so i think it would be interesting because i do agree i think rain tracks can really spice up a season um most of the time when there's a rain race there's always something spectacular happens either a driver unexpectedly retires or Mm -hmm. somebody has a way better race than they would normally or maybe a race team's car just works way better in the rain than anybody else and some of the more notable world champions throughout history have been famously very good in the rain Uh, michael schumacher was Ayrton senna was Mm -hmm. i think uh, hamilton definitely is um yeah you know, Max just, Max knows what he's doing. Uh, Kim, knows what he's doing. Kimmy, Kimmy yeah. Räikkönen is just ruthless. He's just fearless in the rain. Like yeah. he will just like he doesn't slow down if there's like a wall of water yeah. in front of him. He's just like, well, they better not be in the way. Like <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Um, I think it would be interesting. I think there's probably a couple of tracks I can think of. Like I think Silverstone um would be oh. an interesting race to have in the rain um some of the wet is good yeah know. i don't know i mean maybe some street circuits you know yeah. <laughs> make vegas a rain race there you go i'm just like yeah, <laughs> just but but you know with vegas it would be like mineral yeah. water or like um <laughs> or no box water like or, yeah mineral water <laughs> or, you, know, you know they would just spray like wine or something i don't know what about Wait. artificial wind? Just have yeah. giant fans <laughs> just, on the side. Just like just, they turned on the headwind down at the, the end of the straight. Oh, damn it. I can't. Oh, the cars are just like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's there's one other one other sort of miscellaneous thing I was thinking about that I was curious because they, they, they kind of mm-hmm. floated this idea and I still think it's possible. I still think they can make it work is a reverse grid positions. 
at least for sprint races. Yes. Like, so if you don't know what a reverse grid is, is imagine that you go through qualifying. Okay, Max is on pole, right? Guess what? Sprint race, because he was on pole, means he starts last. And maybe, like, you know, you could make an argument that some teams would, like, deliberately not drive faster so that they wouldn't be in first. And so they would be, like, everybody would just be driving really slow. So you'd have to find a way to make a incentive like maybe it's worth a certain amount of points, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe like, how about this? You qualify, you do a normal qualifying session, like you would do a sprint race weekend, right? Mm-hmm. But the sprint race is reverse grid and it's for points. And so whoever can reach whatever the thing is, you know, gets whatever points. And then the beginning of the actual race, that's not the sprint race is positions from the qualifying. That's what I was going to recommend. Yeah, yeah. I think I agree hundred percent. Yeah. If you do sprint, sprint race, sprint race and, uh, reverse grid order right but i guess yeah so the sprint race would be reverse grid based off of the results of what qualifying yeah off oh that's right i'm sorry i I mixed up the order it's quality then it's sprint race then it's the actual full-blown grand prix right so yeah qualifying and then do a reverse grid based on qualifying results for the sprint race sprint race results are then the starting grid for the full grand prix no, I no. What I was saying is not that the sprint race is not the is not the starting grid, but that the sprint race costs uh, is worth points, like half points. Oh, okay. And gotcha. then you oh, oh, and okay, then okay. you go to do the race, and the race <laughs> is the, the the normal qualifying grid. And the reason yeah. why I'm suggesting this, there's a whole reason. This isn't this isn't just to be dumb. The reason is is that I think that that would give slower teams, teams that are farther down on the points finishing tally, a chance to get more points to yeah. potentially fight in the midfield oh yeah because absolutely. we know like because because you know that like the top teams are going to be competing and during the race because they've already yeah. have the qualifying positions and they're doing all right. of that however if you give the lower tier teams the midfield teams a chance to compete and also a chance to actually get to racing fight. in and to yeah. fight for positions i know people say like it doesn't matter that like the faster car is going to pass up the slower cars it's like well that's all good and dandy but that's mm. gonna it's still it's gonna give the midfield a chance to mix things up a bit and i think There's... it's gonna be good generally for the drivers as far as like yeah. getting them the experience of racing each other and like you kind of get that there's always that potential that there's going to be accidents or something like that. But I mean, that's yeah. just racing in general. So here's my thought on that. Why half points? Just give them full points, honestly. Uh, the only reason why you give them half points, I think, is just because if you give them full points, then, you know, you, the teams that are at the top could like complain and be like, oh, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, what yeah. is, you know? Because they're but, getting, they're getting, they're getting but... screwed during qualifying, right? Because they're starting at the back and then they're trying to compete for full points and then they do mm. like, you know what I mean? So that's why I think with the sprint race, if they I... do half points or so, mm. then it's like, it doesn't, it's almost like a little bit more of a wash in a sense, even though they okay. still have potential to get points if they work hard enough. My thing is, I don't care to hear about the the top teams complaining, especially if it's Red Bull saying that wind tunnel time affected their development of the 2023 I car. Know. Get out of here. I yeah. know. I said it last race. I'm going to reiterate it now. I don't know when we're going to put this episode out, but yeah. as of March 12th, okay, yeah, that's when we're recording. Before the Jeddah Grand Prix, I'm still convinced 
that Red Bull has some performance advantage that they're keeping under wraps mm. because Christian Horner and the team, it's like they, I guarantee, it's like they were scripted. It's like they had a pre-race briefing. And they're like, look, when you guys do interviews, I want you to mention the Aston Martin being a green Red Bull. And I want you to keep talking about it because they keep saying it. They keep saying it. They bring it yeah. up a lot. And then Christian Horner keeps, he, he's complete. He's like, well, you know, this was a, this was a one-off race. And like, you know, we have an arrow discrepancy. It's going to it's like, are you kidding? You were just at Bahrain. Bahrain is <laughs> giant and open. Like, yeah. there's nothing to prevent the air from flowing. Okay, that is an airflow track. Are you telling me that you have a disadvantage? <laughs> yeah, on a macro scale, yeah. <laughs> like, don't give me a break, Christian. I'm sorry. Give me a break. Like, you guys, you guys have some advantage that you're not telling anybody. You're trying to you're trying to make us fooled you're trying to make us think that it's not true by telling us about how the aston martin looks like a green red bull which i personally do not think it looks like a red bull i don't so do you think the secret to red bull success is an engine powered on the hot air that christian horner has been blowing for the last few seasons (laughs) christian is the blown diffuser No, I, honestly, I think the I think the key. No shade, to, Christian Horner. He seems like a cool dude. <laughs> I think the key to Red Bull's success is well, Christian Horner being kind of a kind of a, a little bit of a, a smarmy. Um, you know, he knows how to talk, and he knows yeah, he how to, to. But he has to be as a team. He knows how to talk right? himself out of situations. Yeah. But also, honestly, they have Adrian Newey. And mm-hmm. there's nobody, I don't think there's any better aerodynamicist right now in Formula One than Adrian Newey right now. Mm. I mean, it's just, he's developed so many championship winning Formula One cars. It's insane. And unless he leaves, I don't really think Red Bull is going to be uncompetitive um, yeah. for a long time. But, Dude, he has a lot to be proud of, Adrian Newey, uh, speaking of. Um, yeah. I mean, I think he's a, what, four championship winning cars? I feel like it's more than that. He's I, definitely I think, it's it's been super competitive. Or maybe four teams he he's been with, but then the the cars are different. Yeah. Yeah, because it was at um, least four cars with Sebastian. So yeah, like add yeah. on top of Max championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. I'm just gonna say I still think Red Bull is. <laughs> they've got something up their sleeve, and yeah. maybe I will be be vindicated by this time when the uh, episode comes out. So they will they will have activated our trap card. Right, right. <laughs> Blue eyes, white dragon. <laughs> um, before we uh, close up our discussion, then Idris, um, mm-hmm. is there any other like little miscellaneous things that you think maybe you would like to see be different? Um, uh, any other kind of maybe fun stuff that you would like to see oh, that this isn't fun? I know, I know, those are qualified, but this isn't fun. But one of the things that has to happen, the FIA needs to just hammer people on penalties. Oh yeah, that's oh, it. Yeah, yeah, that's. Like the whole oh, like yeah. Red Bull going over the cost cap, like oh, even gosh. if it was like a catering, as they said, nah, man, you went over the the agreed upon budget, mm-hmm. whacked. Yeah, don't give him a slap on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, it needs to have some very significant changes. I don't think the arrow did anything, and uh, you know they keep saying yeah. it did, but I just I don't believe it. I you're not you ain't fooling me. I, it's just that's just not <laughs> just not the case. How about you, Gabe? Was there one last thing you wanted to say <laughs> as far as? Uh, you know, um, I would say if I'm going to add anything, I would say that the punishments not only should be for the teams, but I think it should be for the tracks if they do something like how in like Japan when they they had that tractor out on the track that Pierre oh. Gasly almost took out. Yeah. They, like there needs to be harsh punishments yeah. for things like that happening. Like marshals yeah. need to be held very much accountable for that. 
you know, here's another thing maybe I would like to say that would be, I would like to see changes in. It kind of goes back to what we said in the beginning. I think they need to have allow the teams to test more than they're given now or have an additional testing session mid mid season that they do that's not like just with pirelli or whatever yeah. like let the teams work out kinks that they might have performance wise yeah. and try really and recover like that. because it, we've seen it so many times where a team just gives up developing on their car because they're like right. well we're we're done we just have to work on the next season's car and this one we're just going to maintain it's just like no like try and compete like keep it going so i think like having a mid-season testing uh for like a different spec of a car i think would be interesting yeah. the other thing i would like to see in my perfect season is some very specific rules when it comes to driver contracts because okay, it seems like there's just a lot of i mean silly season is a silly season but like the whole thing with piastri last year where like he <laughs> you know he was like an alpine driver and alpine yeah. just assumed he was going to take the seat and then he was just like no actually i'm going to drive for mclaren and it's just like what the heck they were going to like sue him and like it was this whole thing and yeah what, what do you think about that specifically i think the whole piastri thing was honestly alpine just not locking up their contracts the right way um, if if they were going to put that much time and money into him without having like like a dead man switch or dead man clause, I guess, in in the mm -hmm. contract to state that you will be driving for us for at least a year or two, yeah, and that's kind of on them. You know what I mean? It's I, from what it sounds like, all the reports that have come out about that, it doesn't sound like Piastri did anything wrong or had a misunderstanding, right? I think maybe the misunderstanding might have been on the side of Valpine. Um, I don't know. I, yeah. I honestly really don't see an issue with that. Like, the problem I don't think Al it's that big of a deal. Well, you know, Alpine didn't listen to Beyonce and put a ring on it. That That's, I <laughs> think, much. the problem. They liked Pretty it, much. but they did not put a ring on it. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, Piastri was perfectly, if he was not under contract, he's perfectly capable of going wherever he was. Yeah. I think going to McLaren was a mistake. I mean, but um, at the time, though, at the, at the time, yeah, you know, he made the best decision he could have at the time with the information he had, right? Or at least well, that's I guess. what he thought. Yeah. But didn't Alpine beat McLaren in the constructor standings? Yeah. I'm pretty sure they did. So I think I remember after Drive to Survive, because I remember Jack Brown being like, well, yeah, you can't win them all or something. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, that's the one thing in Drive to Survive that they talk about. It's like, oh, like Piastri is everybody wants him. He's the best. And it's like, I'm sure he's a talented driver, but he ain't going to be showing off much of anything unless he's, you know, like, we, I think we will know whether or not he really has that kind of X factor in, in, in Formula One if he pulls on Alonzo and just starts putting the McLaren in places it shouldn't be. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Because Alonzo was doing that. He was putting mm -hmm. McLaren in, like, P6, P5, and it's like, what is a McLaren doing there? Mm -hmm. If Piastri can do that, you know, great. We only yeah. see one race of him, so, you know. And but like gremlins. Yeah. And I think, like, didn't all the, all the rookies finished outside the top 10 in the first race? But yeah, I, I don't know. With the driver contracts, it just feels like another sort of thing that can cause like some animosity. I did hear some rumors today that apparently Charles Leclerc, after the Bahrain Grand Prix, wanted to have a private conversation with like the owner of Ferrari and like, mm. you know, and Mercedes is apparently interested in Charles Leclerc, which seems odd because honestly, if Hamilton retires and I was Mercedes, I would just pull in Mick. Hmm. That would just be, I would take a risk. I would take a risk and pull in Mick because I can tell you one thing. I don't think the car is that bad. And I think Mercedes has all the resources to give a good car. And I think that it would be what Mick needs. Hmm. He needs a team that cares about him. He needs a place that he can grow. Yeah. And I think he has, I think he's talented. I just think yeah. that he showed up at Haas. So Haas too. was not equipped to deal yeah, with Yeah, I, I agree. I agree about Mick. 
if that is true about Leclerc having interest from Mercedes, the nice thing about Leclerc is that he's a known quantity. He it's can, true. He can put in the results. It's true. You know, he just needs a car that suits his driving style mm-hmm. and is reliable and, pro- and can produce for him. So Yeah, it's so weird, though. It's like Leclerc feels so right in Ferrari, though. Like, I agree. Yeah, he feels yeah, like a I Ferrari just, boy. I can't imagine him. I also couldn't ma- imagine Max being in a Mercedes or a Ferrari. Oh, oh no. I, no, I, couldn't, I couldn't see it. You know, I couldn't, I see, couldn't it. see it. I could imagine Vettel in a Mercedes. Yeah. I could imagine I could, Danny uh, Ricardo in a Mercedes. I cannot. Uh, no. I, no? I, can't, I can't see Danny Rick in a Mercedes. Uh, no way. No way. I, I feel like I, it would just be mm, too stifling for him. I, well, I hope, he, I hope he gets that Red Bull seat back at some point. I mean, not to say that I want Sergio to leave. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if Max were to move on, which, you know, is possible because that guy's got a real short fuse. And if, if Red Bull decides to not do what he wants, like... You think he would just quit the sport? I think I I don't know if he quit the sport. I think he would just take whatever contract or whoever wants to take him. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, come on, it's Max Verstappen. If Max Verstappen wants to walk away from Red Bull, you know that like Mercedes and Ferrari would do everything to throw as much money at him as they possibly could. I I feel like I the the vibe I get from Max is very much the same vibe I got from Kimmy, right? In the sense that they just want to go out and race and have fun, right? And, And of course, win, right? Right. And I feel like, yeah, Max would, would rather go to a team that's, like, having, like, a good attitude and, like, is, I don't know, is about, like, that real hardcore racing spirit versus going somewhere that's, like, staunch, you know? Yeah, I guess. I mean, but, hey, who knows? Once uh, Audi shows up on the scene, we don't know what Audi's going to be like as a team. Yeah. Like, are they going to be real stuffy? Yeah. Uh, are they going to be kind of loosey-goosey, having fun? Are they going to be like, we are serious competitors? Like, are they going to be like that? Who what? knows? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, no. Audi, Auto Union, you know, they were right up there with uh, Mercedes back in those old days. So, like, we'll see what happens. But, I'm yeah, I'm curious to see how that how it shakes up. And I, I just want everybody to be happy. And... And like I said, Danny Ricardo, you know, if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to race for Red Bull, he can come race for Tostino's GP. We will have a spot for him next to Valtteri Bottas, and mm. he can wear whatever race helmet he wants. He'll have pizza all over the race car. Well, thanks for listening to F1 or F Off, everybody. You can find us anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you want to hit us up, please do so. You can find us on Instagram at F1 underscore or underscore F Off. Uh, we are also on Twitter at F1 or F Off. We try and post as much content as we can, uh, you know, but please like send us some memes, uh, ask us questions. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can also email us at F1 or F Off podcast at gmail.com. But yeah, this was fun. This was fun. I uh, hope you guys had a good one. Good yes. time, uh, also too, to us here. yeah, and I'm sure Idris will agree with me. Let us know mm. what your uh, dream uh, F1 team lineup would be. Oh, absolutely. You can pick your drivers, you can pick your sponsorships and what your car would look like. Let yep. us know and we'll let people know because we're curious about it ourselves. But yes, sir. Uh, Tostino's Pizza, number one. <laughs> Just saying, you're going down, Taco Bell. <laughs>